think the uh, verse that comes to mind for me in that story is, your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord, right? What seemed like a tragedy of a car wreck actually turned into a blessing, right? It was interesting how she mentioned the Holy Spirit um, a couple different times and what the Holy Spirit was doing in in their life and in her life, and that's what we're going to continue talking through this morning, all right? So, uh, if you will, grab your Bibles. We're going to be in Acts chapter 19. It's where we're going to kind of settle in this morning. Um, but as we've been walking through this series, so you got a, a name tag, or maybe you did, that says to and from, right? Because we're talking about, and we want to continually remind you through this series, that you are the gift, right? We've been talking about uh, in this series, be the gift, that you are the gift. And we desire for you to be the gift to this city. Now, there's a greater gift on top of that right? As a follower of Jesus, right? We have the gift of the story of Jesus, but also we have this gift that Jesus gave us, which is the Holy Spirit, right? So last week we talked about God gave Jesus, Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us giftings, right? For us to use for the equipping of his saints and equipping of the church, okay? And so why would we stop that there, right? Because, hey, God gave, Jesus gave, Holy Spirit gave, so why do we then not give, right? Why do we not give of those giftings that he has given us? Now, today again, we're going to continue to talk about that gift we've been given, the gift we've been given being the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, all right, you either come from one of two camps, Okay, you either come from the camp that has heard of the Holy Spirit, has spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit, and really feels like you've got a good grasp on the Holy Spirit. And then there's another camp where it's like maybe you've grown up in a church where the Holy Spirit was just never mentioned, right? Like the Holy Spirit was almost even dismissed as just kind of this oddity that's over there, and we're really not going to talk about it because it has the, the word spirit in it. Right? Like we forgot the holy, but there's this spirit thing over here that we're just not really going to address. Right? And so this morning, if we're talking about this idea of that gift being within us and us sharing in that gift or helping share that gift, then we probably need to kind of wrap our arms around and our minds around what the Holy Spirit truly is and what He truly does. Okay? So we're going to spend a little bit of time doing that this morning. All right. Now, last week we talked about that Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to be our guarantee of future promises and our guarantee that we belong to God, right? That he is, again, the guarantee of a future promise, but also the guarantee that we belong to God. Now, the Holy Spirit really begins to show up in the New Testament. He really begins to show up in the book of Acts. But the thing is that he's always been there. It wasn't like Jesus said, well, I'm going to leave and I've got a good idea and it's going to be the Holy Spirit. No, like the Holy Spirit's always been there, okay? The Holy Spirit has always been a part of the Trinity, right? The three persons of God. He's always been there. Now, Jesus, in the book of John, in chapter 16, he says this. He says, I must go, all right? Or actually, he says it directly. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is for your benefit that I am going away. Now, why would it be of our benefit that Jesus would go away? Well, the benefit is that something better is coming. Now, not that the Holy Spirit is hierarchy better, but that he is better. Like, hold on, I'll get to it, okay? So, is for your benefit that I am going away, that the advocate, is what it says in 
in one version, the helper or the counselor. Some versions even say the Holy Spirit, right? But that he must come. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. Right? So even Jesus saw the benefit of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. So then we step into the book of Acts. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus gives this promise. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Right? And you will be my witnesses where? You remember? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's right. To the ends of the earth. And so he gives that promise that this is what the Holy Spirit will do when the Holy Spirit resides within you. Okay? And then we move along through the book of Acts, and we're going to take a little journey here, okay? We come to this place of Pentecost, right? And the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples and indwells them comes into their lives, and then they begin speaking in languages so that all these other people can begin to understand what they're saying, right? Like, what a moment. But then on top of that, we see Peter being dwelled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that he stands up and he boldly proclaims the story of Jesus Christ and who he is, and then we see multitudes come and believe, right? So the Holy Spirit is starting to really, like, show up, really show himself and who he is. And so as we continue on through that, then, we've got to understand this this morning, all right? The Holy Spirit is a vital element in the Christian life. Yet oftentimes what we do is we push him to the side as the forgotten one of the Trinity, right? I think sometimes here's what we end up doing. We hear Holy Spirit and we, go, we kind of put him a notch above Casper. Like he's this friendly ghost, That maybe hangs out with us, right? Like follows us around, maybe even sits on our shoulders sometimes and tells us the good things or the bad things that we need to do. And like that's what we equate the Holy Spirit to. But the unfortunate thing is that, no, 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 that's not who the Holy Spirit is, right? Like he, in the full sense, is the eternal God. Like he is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit as well. The Holy Spirit is to be loved, adored, honored, lifted up, and worshipped for what he's doing in our lives. Like, that's who the Holy Spirit is, right? He's not just this this forgotten part of the Trinity, but he is a deity not to be ignored or misrepresented, but to be worshipped. Now, here's the irony of all this, all right? Because oftentimes we sometimes ignore the Holy Spirit, right? But the Holy Spirit is ultimately the most intimate deity of the Trinity, does that, so follow me here for a second. We interact with God the Father. We interact with Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit is the one that indwells within us. Right? Like he is in our lives. But yet he's often the one that we forget to worship in what he's doing in our lives. Right? And we say, well, you know, yeah, Jesus gets a lot of credit. He did, he did an awesome thing. But guess what? The Holy Spirit is also working in your life. And dwelling in your life. So why not? Would we not worship and celebrate what he is doing and who he is? And I'll be honest, like the Holy Spirit's maybe gotten a bad rap in some circles. Has he not? Like almost like uh, giving the wrong idea of who he is. Now, here's who the Spirit truly is. All right. If you're taking notes, his Spirit truly gives life. The Holy Spirit gives power for service and evangelism. The Holy Spirit reveals things. The Holy Spirit, as Tavia was saying, guides and directs. Right? The Holy Spirit teaches us through the scriptures. 
And the Holy Spirit sanctifies us or makes us more like Christ. Like the Holy Spirit is the one doing those things to bring you to Christ's likeness. And so all of these things are the Holy Spirit's work within us. All right? Now, as we look here in the book of Acts, in chapter 19, my Bible's upside down, good grief. There's an interesting scene that comes into play here. Now, the Holy Spirit has, has started to do his thing. The Holy Spirit has been around, right? And we've seen the things of Pentecost, and we've even seen him do some other things in between that moment, or this moment that we're about to look at, and the beginning of the book of Acts. But Paul arrives in a place that we're pretty familiar with here in our Merriam location, this place called Ephesus, right? And he lands on the scene. And so if you have your Bibles in chapter 19, we're going to start there, okay? So it says, while Apollos was in Corinth. Now that sounds familiar too, doesn't it? Right? The Corinthian church. So Apollos, Paul's buddy, right? Eloquent with the word. He's hanging out over in Corinth. And Paul decides, you know what? I'm going to head over to Ephesus. So look here. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And their response, no, they told him. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism were you baptized with? He asked them. With John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after them, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began to speak in other languages and to prophesy. Now there were about 12 men in all. All right. Now there's a lot there. But here's what happened. Paul shows up in Ephesus. There's these fellows he comes up to and he says, Hey, the Holy Spirit, what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon you? And they're like, what are you talking about Holy Spirit? Like, what is the Holy Spirit? Now, here's the difference between the people of Acts and us today. The majority of us, whether you came from the camp that's heard of or talked about the Holy Spirit or not talked about the Holy Spirit, you more than likely have heard of the Holy Spirit, right? If you've been in church, you more than likely heard of the Holy Spirit. These fellas had not experienced the Holy Spirit yet. They had not heard of the Holy Spirit. And so they were disciples of who? They were disciples of John the Baptist. Now you remember, John the Baptist was the guy that came before Jesus, right? And he told everyone, hey, look, there is one that is coming that is greater than I, which is Jesus Christ. He's coming, but you need to believe in him. There was no talk of the Holy Spirit yet. It was just believing and trusting in Jesus. And so they did so, but yet they had not received the Holy Spirit. Now we go, wait a minute. Okay, had we not, if we, if we trust in Jesus, you said this last week, like if we trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Yes, but these men were trusting in John's teachings. You see? Their teachings were of Jesus, yes, but they were trusting in John's teachings. And so what does, John, or what does Paul say here? He says, whoa, whoa, okay, hold up, hold up. John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one, right? Who would be, or who, who would come after that, that is, in Jesus. And then when they heard this, 
Okay, so now Jesus Christ is the one, the one that he was talking about. They trust in Jesus and what happens? The Holy Spirit then shows up on the scene, comes into their life, fills their life. You tracking with that? You following that? All right. And so here we have now this moment. So ultimately, when Paul is asking this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's also asking what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon you? Right now, because here's what we see all through the book of Acts. Every time the Holy Spirit moves in the life of someone, something else happens. Where somebody maybe turns their head and goes, whoa, did you hear that? Did you see that? Did you experience that? Were you a part of that? There's always something. So let me further explain that, all right? So here we go. Here's where we see the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Okay, a couple different times. Here's how it works. So number one, the Holy Spirit is given to people. Okay? The Holy Spirit falls on people. The Holy Spirit comes upon people. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on the people. People receive the Holy Spirit. People are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's this thing this morning, all right? Maybe you've heard of the Holy Spirit. But how is the Holy Spirit showing up or showing out in your life? Okay? Because here's what happens. In each of those seven areas and ways that someone receives the Holy Spirit... Something else happens. And here's a couple of those ways. People begin to speak in other languages. People speak of future events, right? They begin to prophesy. We see those two right here in in chapter 19. Or people praise and worship God. Or people become bold in their witness, as we see Peter do back at the beginning of the book of Acts. People are obedient. There's a big one, right? Or even perform miracles. Now, there's things that happen with the Holy Spirit indwelling in our life. Now, 42 times in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit is talked about, right? Like he is highly active in the book of Acts. Now, after the book of Acts, does that mean that he goes away? Absolutely not, right? Paul talks about the Holy Spirit multiple times. But my question for you this morning is this. We see here in the book of Acts evidence of the Holy Spirit working and doing. So within your life, what is the Holy Spirit working and doing right like what is he doing in your life now Paul in the book of Galatians he writes about a couple different things that we might see and they're called the fruit of the spirit right the things that come from the spirits indwelling within you love joy peace patience kindness gentleness self-control all of those things are sitting within us and growing within us as fruit of the Holy Spirit Now, you might say, well, okay, I don't know that I've ever spoken in another language or even become bold in my witness, but perhaps you have praised and worshiped, right? Or maybe you've been obedient to the Lord or the Holy Spirit speaking into you, asking you to do something that just seems crazy. And you're like, I don't know why, but I'm going to do this because the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do, right? Now... Here's the thing. We talked about it last week. That the gift, the Holy Spirit, wants to be big within you. Right? The Holy Spirit desires to be big within you. The Holy Spirit desires to grow within you. Why then? Because then those 
those things, those fruit of the Holy Spirit are growing as well, right? Your love is growing, your joy is growing, your peace, patience, all of those different things are growing within you because the Holy Spirit is growing within you. But let's go back to the very beginning of what we were talking about. Celebrating what the Holy Spirit is doing. Right? How often do we celebrate what the Holy Spirit is doing? Yes, Jesus, you are doing some amazing things. Yes, God the Father, you are doing some amazing things. But Holy Spirit, you are doing some amazing things. Right? They're all to be something that is celebrated, but ultimately desire to grow within you. Now, here's the thing. If we turn over to 1 John chapter 3, okay? John writes this in his letter. He says, now this is his command, okay? And there's a, there's a colon there. Notice that, right? So now this is his command. So that colon is like a stop sign. Okay, hold up. This is it. Hold on. This is his command, but here's, it's about to come, okay? So here it is. Now this is his command, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commands remains in him, and he in him. And the way that we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has what? Given us. Right? The guarantee is there through the spirit, but also in the spirit that is given to us is the growth of the fruit of the spirit. You following that? Now, here's the thing. You may say this morning, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. But I'm maybe not seeing these things in my life. Then my question would be, okay, have you just heard of the Holy Spirit and maybe not experienced the Holy Spirit? Right? Or have you listened to the Holy Spirit and allowed Him to speak into your life in that way? But as we continue on, I want to challenge you to seek the Holy Spirit's leading in your life, right? Ask God today, this most precious gift, I so desire it. I desire the Holy Spirit to be working in my life. I don't want to push it to the side any longer. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Because look here, if we go back to that promise in Acts 1.8, John Piper says this, okay? He's a pastor and theologian. And he says this, he says, there is a promise in Acts 1.8 that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will receive power. And in that power, we will be able to evangelize the whole world. And that promise is made to everyone whom the gift has been given, not just a few. Now, let's take this a step further. If we're saying that we're going to be the gift to those around us and in the places that God has put us, right? And share the gift of Jesus, but also share the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then what we need to do, look here, is realize that promise that has been made to us. That we will have strength and boldness through the Holy Spirit. And in that sharing of the gift, where does it come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us. All right? Now, you see, before we, the, before we can be the gift, we must receive 
the gift. Right? We must receive the gift. But here's the thing. The bigger the gift becomes within us, the hotter our faith becomes. And the hotter our faith becomes, then the greater the impact we have as a body and as individual people. Right? The Holy Spirit growing within us. So, let's go back to that list for a second. Okay? People speak in other languages. People speak of future events. People praise and worship God. People become bold in their witness. People are obedient. And people perform miracles. So again, I want to ask you, have you ever experienced any of those things in your life? Then in that, there's an opportunity for you to celebrate what the Holy Spirit is doing. Right? To celebrate what He is doing and what He has done in your life. Through those things and through the giftings that He has given us. So let's think about this for a second. Excuse me. Maybe this is where you're at. Maybe you need to thank the Holy Spirit for what He's done. Maybe He has been ignored in your life, all right? But here's the thing. Here's how we often do this. Thank you, God the Father, right? Thank you, God the Father, for your love. And thank you for giving your son Jesus, right? Like that's acknowledged, and we know that. But then, Jesus, thank you for giving your life on the cross, right? But then we often forget this. Thank you for also allowing the Holy Spirit to come. And on top of that, Holy Spirit, thank you for working and residing within me. And thank you for working and filling me up to be more like Christ. The Holy Spirit is doing those things. So let's acknowledge him for what he's done, right? And maybe you just need to spend a few moments and thank the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're really good at thanking Jesus. Maybe we're really good at thanking God the Father. But maybe we often forget the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing. As we just sang in that song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, right? We desire the Holy Spirit to come here so that our praise and worship can be sweet. Like our praise and worship is empowered through the Holy Spirit. And so then if it's empowered through the Holy Spirit, it's beautiful through the Holy Spirit. Right? It's not our personal worship. It is the Holy Spirit within us worshiping. Okay? So it brings this beauty to it. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do as, as the band comes up and, and they're going to play through our last song. First off, I want to ask you to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Now, this is going to be an interesting song to do it to because it's Noel, all right? But acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Thank Him for what He's doing. What, is the, what has the Holy Spirit done in the past week in your life? What's something that maybe you could tangibly put your hands around and say, that's the Holy Spirit working, right? And thank Him for that. Praise Him for that. And if you're like, you know what? I've, I've been a, a, a follower of Jesus or a churchgoer, as Tavia was saying, but I don't know that I've really ever truly experienced the Holy Spirit, then I would ask you to have somebody pray for you and just pray over them and say, Holy Spirit, work in my life this week. Let me see something that you are doing in my life. Right? And so that's going to be the challenge that I give to you during this last song. And again, it's Noel, but that's okay. Because it says, look what Christ has done. Right? Well, what has Christ done? Well, he gave his life, but also he stepped out of the way and allowed the Holy Spirit to come. Okay?
So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to come. And Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as well, as one who desires to be worshipped, who requires to be worshipped, but also asks to be worshipped. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for what you do in our lives each and every day. Lord, is the intimate one that is dwelling within us. But Father, we thank you as well for just your oversight in all areas of our life. And Lord, may we give this time to you and may we truly reflect on how the Holy Spirit is working in our life, how the Holy Spirit is showing up and showing out in our life and the boldness that perhaps we have through your Holy Spirit. And so Father, over these next few minutes, may you speak to us. Holy Spirit, may you speak to us. And Christ, may you speak to us. And may this be a sweet time of remembrance, a benchmark for us, if you will, of a time when we truly gave the Holy Spirit an acknowledgement that he deserves. And Father, we praise you and thank you for what you are doing through that. We lift this time to you and thank you for it. In your son's name, amen.